welcome to the Sisters for Prevention Breast Cancer Resource Podcast and YouTube channels. I am your host, Judy Fitzgerald, and it is my great pleasure to bring you the latest information and strategies for breast cancer survival and prevention. I am a 12-year breast cancer survivor living with NED, no evidence of disease. My passion is supporting the primary prevention of breast and ovarian cancers. It is my great honor to serve as a consumer advocate for the breast and ovarian cancer vaccines developed by Dr. Vincent Tui at the Lerner Research Institute at the Cleveland Clinic in Ohio. 2021 was an exciting year for breast cancer. It was the year we launched the phase one clinical trial for the first preventive breast cancer vaccine. This vaccine is presently being tested on recently diagnosed triple negative breast cancer patients who have completed treatment. Our goal is to prevent recurrence in these patients. Sadly, triple negative breast cancer is the most lethal form of the disease and has the highest probability for recurrence within the first five years. So what's next? We will need support to complete all phases of the clinical trials to obtain FDA approval. Once the vaccine is proven safe and effective, the Cleveland Clinic has partnered with the Nixa Bioscience and their CEO, Dr. Amit Kumar, to commercialize the breast and ovarian cancer vaccines and make them available for use. For all things breast cancer and to remain updated on the vaccine's progress, please visit my website, www.sistersforprevention.com. That's www, the number four, sistersforprevention.com. And now it is my great pleasure to bring you today's program. Thank you for joining us. So that brings us to today's topic, which is the truth about drains and expanders. These are two things which cause a lot of anxiety to our fellow breast cancer sisters, and I thought it was worthy of a full podcast. When I was getting ready to leave the hospital, I had prepared for getting dressed by bringing a button-down shirt. And I had been provided by my oncology team with a vest to hold the drains. Now, getting dressed seems like a pretty simple affair or event. But the next morning, I was pretty sore. And really, the anesthesia had fully worn off by that point. And although I was on Percocet painkillers... To be honest, the biggest source of my pain were the expanders and the drains. Now, I'm going to talk about the drains separately, but I want to make make this point that I also mentioned that in my little care package from the hospital, I had been given a hot dog pillow, which turned out to be a godsend because driving home in the car with the seatbelt across your chest, 
is not such an easy task. So whatever kind of pillow you have purchased before your mastectomy, and one of my podcasts, Preparing for Mastectomy, I had suggested that you purchase either a nursing pillow or a pregnancy pillow, because the pregnancy pillow wouldn't do you any good in the car. It's quite large. But whether or not you have one of these with you at the hospital, you will need some sort of a pillow to protect your chest uh, from the seatbelt. To be quite honest, the biggest source of pain was the drains. Now, I had been explained before the mastectomy how they were going to be putting drains in. I had two drains on the left side and two drains on the right side. The drain system consists of a grenade-looking uh, bulb at the end of long, a long set of tubing. And the tubing is what is coming out of uh, the area under your arms. And it's this tubing that is stitched, and they're stitched to the muscle where they exit. And it's very important to keep those drains supported because, as you can imagine, any tension on the drains results in pulling on, on those stitches. And I was told when I was leaving the hospital that they might be uh, able to remove the drains at my first plastic surgeon checkup, which would be in, in a week to 10 days, depending on how I was doing. Uh, I could maybe need to have them in for as many as 14 days. If you're not sure what the drains are, because I did not know except for what I was explained, surgical drains are needed because uh, their purpose is to help you heal after surgery. In any types of surgery, fluid will build up in the area uh, where uh, something has been removed. And if fluid were allowed to build up, it could cause discomfort and delay healing and also the possibility of infection. There's also something called a seroma where there is a collection of fluid in the area and that can also be a source of pain and can actually ca uh, cause some scarring later on. So the drains are really for a very important purpose and it's very, very important that you do have the drains in. Now, the other challenge with this is that you need to keep the drain area clean. So I had mentioned in my Preparing for Mastectomy podcast as well to purchase some cleansing materials before you um, were in the hospital. So if you did do that, or you can have someone purchase it for you, some sterile wipes to keep the area around the stitches clean. And if you don't know what the drains look like, they basically look like two little grenades. And what you are going to do is every day, uh, twice a day, uh, there's nice pictures of these on the internet. They're called Jackson Pratt drains. And twice a day, what you're going to do is empty out the fluid out of these drains what they want you to do in your recording chart 
is to record how much fluid um, is in the drainage tube every 12 hours. Those of you that also have a lymph node dissection may also be having um, a third drain on each side. I was very fortunate, and I thank God for the fact that my sentinel node was actually free of cancer during the mastectomy surgery. And so I only had the drains for the purpose of keeping uh, the surgery area uh, irrigated and clean. Well, not irrigated, but drained and clean. The tubes are about 14 to 18 inches long. And so when you're emptying the drains, obviously good hygiene is so important. So in the beginning, you normally will be draining about 100 uh, cc's of, and they give you cups to measure these, 100 cc's per day. Some doctors have you empty them twice a day. Some will ask you to empty four times a day. It's up to you to monitor because whenever they're half full, if you have a lot of drainage going on, then you should be um, emptying it. They also want you, now this is going to get a little bit too much information, but the fluid in it doesn't look that pretty. Let's just put it that way. But you're, you're asked to record the color and the consistency of the drain. What they're concerned about is looking for too much blood clotting. Sometimes you need to clear the tubes before emptying the little bulbs, uh, little grenade-looking bulbs, so that um, you don't, you'll know if there's a blood clot. You need to just clear, you know, press your fingers and run it down the tubes and make sure that there's no clotting. Then you just rinse the bulb out and you compress it so it's flat and then you reattach it uh, to the system. It's really not as ominous as it sounds. The biggest challenge, really, and everybody is so happy when these come out, is because they're uncomfortable. What you need to look at when you um, have the drains is you need to make sure, again, that they're kept clean, but should you develop a fever or redness in the skin area around the drain, thickening in that area, or perhaps drainage that doesn't quite smell right, then you need to report that to your surgeon immediately. The earliest I've ever known anyone, honestly, to get their drains removed seven days after surgery. Uh, mine came out uh, 10 days after surgery, and I was so thrilled with that. Of course, I'm quite small, so and my breasts were quite small, so I don't know if that is something that affects how much drainage there will be or the area, because the area was small, uh, that I had less to drain. I was really happy when they came out. Now, again, because you have limited range of motion in your arms, and you need to realize that you do not want to be uh, putting any clothing over your head. It's impossible to get it on and even more impossible uh, to get it off. You want to have uh, some things that are easy, button down, the, button down the front as well. And obviously the, the vest or shirts that have the pockets with the drains. 
So stretching and pulling is, is difficult. And you're going to know if you overdo it because you will be getting more fluid uh, in your drains if you overdo it. Your, your job when you come home from having a mastectomy is to keep your pain level uh, acceptable and to rest and to sleep. Laying down in the bed is also quite challenging because it's without the use of your arms, you've got two things going on, which are going to restrict your arm movement. You've got the drains that are attached by the stitches under your arms, but you also have the expanders, which are expanding your chest muscle uh, gradually. And it really makes your, your chest very, very tight. And you're still new. You're a day or two out of surgery. Uh, that area is still fresh. And uh, the expanders are, are uncomfortable. And you will get used to them eventually. But once the drains are out, the expanders are definitely the most challenging part of the reconstruction with expanders. I know a lot of folks who have had different type of reconstruction, and although uh, it's a longer recovery, a different sort of pain, I should say, than what the expanders do. The expanders is extreme pressure. I know some women, too, who have opted for delayed reconstruction, and that also seems to be an easier surgery to recover from. However, then you also have the additional burden of more surgeries. Now, bathing after the mastectomy, you're only allowed to do sponge baths until your drains are removed. If you have a detachable shower head, you may be able to wash your lower body. By this point, getting your hair washed seems like something like going to a spa and is such a treat that it will make you feel just so much better. We had purchased these um, shampoo massage caps beforehand so that I would be able to get my hair washed. And believe me, just feeling clean is something that really has a big effect um, on your recovery. Pain medication. Pain medication is something that you want to stay on top of. You don't want to ride the wave, so to speak. When you feel the pain wave coming on, you really want to get to get the medication at that point. I was given Percocet, and of course, everyone is concerned now about getting addicted to opioids, but your body needs to heal, and the only way you're going to heal is to rest. Now, sitting up in a recliner was easier uh, as far as a sleeping arrangement for me. I would have my arms propped up on pillows, and also it was a lot easier to get up from a recliner than it was to get up from a lying position in my bed because keep in mind that when you're in the hospital, you can easily raise yourself up, raise the back of the bed up, and then once you're at a, a slightly upright angle, you can scoot yourself over to the side of the bed and then get up from there. When you're lying in a bed flat, 
it's really hard the first few days to get up and out. So I would highly suggest either a recliner or even if you could rent a hospital bed, something that would help you to to get yourself out without putting too much pressure on your arms or your chest. Now, everyone always, I was anyway, nervous about getting the drains out because when you see them, it's a little ominous, I'm not going to lie, but to be honest with you, I am not one for medical procedures or for pain. What I had read about and what I was told at my plastic surgeon's office was to take a deep breath in and to blow out as they pulled the drain out. And honestly, I can tell you that it really did not hurt at all. It was such a relief when they snipped the stitches where the drains were attached that it just was just a slight pulling sensation. But I, I just took Tylenol before I went to my plastic surgeon's office, and I was really, really quite, quite okay with the whole procedure. They'll tell you that point once the drains are out about what sort of um, undergarments they want you to wear. Uh, I was told to keep my surgical bra on, which I had purchased a second one. You're never recommended to do underwire bras, any kind of soft bra or sports bra that can be attached from the front. Because remember, you can't put it over your head. That's something that is very, very helpful. So keep in mind, even though the drains are quite a nuisance, they are a very important part of healing. The expanders are going to be with you for quite some time. I was fortunate that at the time of surgery, my plastic surgeon was able to put in 200 cc's of fluid into my expanders. And so I already had small mound-like forms on my chest right after surgery. At the first checkup uh, after surgery, I was also she was also able to put in another 100 cc's. And this is quite a remarkable process. On the expanders, there's actually a metal port. And what they do is they take the magnet and they find the port, and that's where they insert the needle to in- inject the fluid. And again, it's unbelievable, but I can tell you it was not at all painful. Within 10 days after surgery, I have to say that I sort of began to feel human again. I was then going for my appointment with my oncologist to, di- to discuss the way forward, to discuss my surgical pathology and the way forward with my treatment plan. So I hope that help answers your question, and I'll be following up with my first session with my oncologist, which will be an entire podcast in its own. And, and more tips on recovering uh, once you uh, have your drains, uh, your drains removed, things you can do to get your range of motion in your arms back. So thank you once again for listening to my podcast. I ask you respectfully to please 
like and subscribe to my channel. It'll help me to get the word out to more men and women. I have friends who uh, are friends that I've met, men friends that I've met who also had to undergo this horrible procedure of the mastectomy for men's breast cancer. And I'm just trying to help as many people as I can uh, with the information. So bye for now. Until next time. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or on Feedspot.com. Your feedback is important in helping us select topics for future podcasts. To stay updated on the latest news about the vaccine clinical trial, please subscribe to my website, www.sistersforprevention.com. That's sisters, the number four, prevention.com. Also, please note that the topics discussed on this site are not meant to be used in lieu of medical advice. I am not a medical professional, nor do I claim to be. I am merely sharing what I have learned from personal experience, discussions with fellow survivors, and many hours of research. So for now, I'll leave you with my mantra, cancer is a word, not a sentence. So may God bless you and keep you till next time. Thank you. Thank you.